0: Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem-solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It feels great. I'm uh, I'm very, very happy to be here at, uh, at this great club. So, yeah, I couldn't be happier.
2: Here we go with series two, episode 43 of the Manchester United weekly podcast, the transfer special. It's June the 16th and we've already signed someone, Victor Lindelof, a 22 year old centre back from Benfica. To find out more about him, we'll be talking to Jan Hagen, a journalist covering Portuguese football at Portuguese ball on Twitter. Meanwhile, links to Alvaro Morata continue to grow. And so we speak to master journalist Chris Winterburn. So, to Lindelof, he's been signed for a 30.7 million fee with a potential 10 million euros in add-ons. Let's hear from Jan Hagen on Lindelof. After that, I'll be giving my thoughts on him as a player, how he could complement Eric Bailly, and what this means for Chris Morning, Jones, Twan and Fossi Mensah. Right we're joined by Jan Hagen a Norwegian journalist covering Portuguese football and of course Victor Lindelof's transfer to Man United. Jan thanks for joining us. Um my my tweet after the deal was confirmed was Lindelof becomes Man United's most expensive defender but at the same time seems good value in the current transfer market. Is that is that a fair assessment?
3: Yeah, I would I would say said so. Say so. Uh, he's at the 35 million euros that has been confirmed by Benfica. Uh, I would say it's a quite fair price for a player of Lindelof's quality and uh, potential. I think it could suit the Premier League very well. And yeah, 35 million, it's, I think all parties can say give themselves a good <laughs> uh, pat on their back and say they are pleased with this deal.
2: Yeah, and I, I mean, it seemed that it was going to go through in January, even at the very start of January, it seemed that Lindelof would sign on on New Year's Day even. Did it just die down in Portugal, those reports, or was there was there a, a very clear stopping point where the deal was off? Well,
3: first of all, I think Man United's interest has been uh, quite clear for almost a year, uh, because he was so... So good when he first made his first ever league appearance for Benfica one and a half year ago. And Man United has been scouting Benfica almost every game since, yeah, for the last two seasons. So they must have been impressed by him when they have been watching Benfica so much. And,
2: and in terms of the fee now, breaking it down, it's uh, 35 million euros and then a potential an extra load in, in potential add-ons.
3: Yeah, the press haven't been haven't managed to get a hold of what what he he would have to do before Benfica would get that uh, ten million bonus. But they are entitled to yeah some money if he performs and plays a lot for Man United. So change,
2: changing that to pounds is thirty point seven million pounds up front, and then about seven or eight million in potential. Add-ons, and it, I mean, you mentioned uh, Lindelof breaking through about 18 months ago. It seems odd that it's such a quick rise. But January 2015, Middlesbrough were were, were thought to be signing him. Stoke once turned down the chance to sign him, and suddenly he's risen up and he's impressed with both Benfica and with Sweden as well.
3: Yeah, it's been yeah, it's been a crazy last 16 months for Victor since he made his debut. Against or made his first ever start in the Portuguese league for Benfica. It's just been, yeah, he, the first five months after that uh, game, he deb- made his debut in the Champions League. He he made the quarterfinal in the Champions League. He performed well against Sanit and Bayern Munich. by Munich in that tournament, he became uh, a champion both in the Cup, League Cup, and the the league with Benfica, and he made his Sweden debut, and yeah, he became a starter in their Euro squad, and all in just five months, so it must have been some, I don't know, outstanding few months for the Swedes, because before that, he had just, he played three and a half year at the Benfica speed team, he made like 99 games for, in the Segunda Liga for their reserves, so yeah, it's, it was so a quick rise that I don't think anyone could have seen that happening at all. And yeah, i I think both Lindelof and Benfica are very happy they didn't send him, send him on loan to Middlesbrough <laughs> last January for, for us as where you, where would he be right now if he had, had, he had made that move, you know? Yeah. So,
2: and, and in terms of, I mean, since he's come in, how have Benfica been playing? Because at United, there's sort of a, a small expectancy that the, the introduction of, of Lindelof and of potentially Alvaro Morata could see United change system. Um, how have Benfica been playing? What, what kind of formation? Well,
3: they are usually playing in a uh, four, one, three, two, uh, in a very attacking style, at least in the Portuguese league and often in the Champions League as well. I would, Lindelof being the, Ball playing center back at the back and carrying the ball forward, trying to set up his teammates in good position. And that has really been his biggest task, at least when Benfica got the ball, uh, that's his task is to, yeah, bring, start the attacks from the back. And yeah, he's really ex- excelled in that position. And I think that's, why he was such a targeted man both in January and this summer. So, yeah, he's he's really excelled in that ball playing position, and I think that's a role he has um, mastered really well.
2: And that that kind of composure and the ability to play out from the back. Do you think that's the the biggest attribute that he brings to United that they don't have from other players?
3: Yeah, I think so. Uh, I haven't watched United that much, uh, but. I think compared to the other ones, I think he, he definitely uh, adds something they don't have too much of from before. So yeah, he's, he, I, I think he can add some, add something uh, important to their backline. And if, especially in a formation and style of play where his team are very dominant on the ball and keeps a lot of possession, yeah. Lindelof will suit such a game style really good
2: so it's, it's a it's a positive thing to hear adjusting to the premier league do you think that will be fa- fairly simple for Lindelof? we've seen eric bay come in and do that extremely well will will lindelof do the same
3: well i think so uh, at the age of 17 he started to make the rise in the sweden second tier and there were many big clubs after him and deciding to go to benfica in a country where he doesn't know anyone where he doesn't speak the language instead of, yeah, you know, say big clubs in Sweden where, yeah, he had friends, he knew the language. He, he chose to go with something completely new and he managed to settle in despite not playing well at the first team for the first three seasons. So, <laughs> well, he, he perhaps he needed that time, but at the same time, you, you see Lindelof as this very calm, humble and great guy, really. I think everyone loves him, so at least at Benfica and at the Swedish national team, he's, well, his profile, he's a profile, and he's a, yeah, he's just a captain's material, and yeah, I think he would suit in almost everywhere, because he's he's such a likable guy, and yeah, he settled down in, yeah, in Portugal at the age of 18, with no problem, so I think he, he would defi- definitely make the move to Manchester, an easy one.
2: Brilliant. Um, if you want to see more from from Jan Hagen on Twitter, it's at Portugal. Uh, so the start of Portugal, and then and then the word ball. Uh, very very clever pun, as always. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, Jan, thank you very much for giving us your time. No problem. So, hope you enjoyed that with Jan Hagen. Thanks to him for coming on. Later, we'll be hearing from Chris Winterburn on Alvaro Morata. But just a few thoughts on Lindelof, who we've actually signed, rather than rumours like Morata. I can't lie, I've hardly watched him, hence Jan coming on for this episode. But but trusting Jan and others who have watched him, he seems like a good addition. As a ball-playing centre-back who's calm, he appears to be a very good partner for Eric Bai. Lindelof is calm and composed, but he's a bit more rash, but brilliant at covering, recovering and, and tackling. It has to be said, though, Lindelof is is quick, just like Baye. He's 22, Baye is 23. Two quick, young centre-backs that could form a fantastic long-term partnership at United, reminiscent of, of Rio and Vidic. Well, at least that's what we're hoping for. They are different players. Lindelof is more about reading the game and playing the ball. Baye is more about tackling and recovery. In the league last season, um, just to show to show that difference, Ba made 2.4 tackles a game on average. Lindelof made 0.6. Bay also made more interceptions, more blocks, clearances, committed more fouls. That's the kind of player he is, but Lindelof made an average of 19 more passes a game. While Ba didn't make a key pass in the in the whole of the league or Europa League season, Lindelof made five in the Portuguese League and two in the Champions League, so they should complement each other perfectly and really benefit United. For me, in this inflated market, 31 million is probably a good price. Potential to rise up to 37, 38, 39 million if Lindelof achieves expectations or surpasses expectations. That's, I mean, if he does achieve all of those, that's only just more than double what Harry Maguire costs for Leicester City. For a 22-year-old centre-back with uh, the qualities to become world-class, though he certainly isn't yet, I'm happy with that. What makes me happy is how Lindelof plays. That pace I mentioned isn't just nice to say, it's also vital in a Mourinho team. Even more vital would be that ball-playing ability, something which Bailly has to an extent, but, but not properly, not enough, I don't think. I think the, the main positive to come with this attribute, though, is, is that it could benefit Paul Pogba. He had to drop so deep last year, both to get the ball and, and also to provide some penetration for United, severely lacking with, with Jones at centre-back or Smalling, or to a less extent, Bailly. Blind can do it, but he lacks in other areas defensively. So Lindelof's passing ability and vision will allow Popper to have a, an average position a bit higher up the pitch, and this should allow his influence to grow, and the responsibility on him decrease, which hopefully will help him to to truly flourish at Man United after a very good second after the season last year, even though there, there were some dodgy patches. Before we talk about Morata, let's hear from Victor Lindelof himself talking to MUTV United's official TV channel about joining the club, how it feels. To sign for Man United, and what he's like as a player.
0: Well, of course, it feels great knowing that uh, that the coach wants you. So uh, talking to him, and uh, it was a it was a good chat. So uh, very important for me as well to to hear what he has to say. So it's a it's a great coach, and uh, for me to be able to to work with him, uh, it's a great opportunity for me. So, like I said before, when this opportunity came, it was very easy for me to to pick it. I'm calm, but like I said before, I'm good with the ball and I think I'm quite good at reading the game. And I think I give my my players in front of me, like, I give them quite, like, a calm, they know I'm back there. Right, now
2: let's move on to a player who hasn't yet signed for the club, but is expected to do so quite soon. Alvaro Morata. First, let's hear from Spanish newspaper, Marca staff writer, Chris Winterburn. But after, I'll talk about my thoughts on Morata, a player I've seen a bit more than Lindelof. First, let's hear from Chris. Right, we're lucky to be joined by Chris Winterburn, a staff writer at Masters English Edition, at Chris 4 on Twitter to discuss Alvaro Morata, the, the Real Madrid backup striker I guess is is the way to describe him, but someone who could cost a lot and could be a big player for Man United in the coming years should he sign. What's What's the latest from from your perspective on, on Morata?
1: Well I think it's a saga that's gone on for a bit of time ever since the Antoine Griezmann deal's fallen through. But I think we're nearing a conclusion. Manchester United know they want to play, Real Madrid know the player wants to go. And I think now it's all just a case of agreeing a fee.
2: And, and that fee seems to be getting more each day. I, I think it was it was probably I think it was June the ninth when we heard that I can't remember who said it, but someone said he'd agreed to join United and now it seems all about that fee. And today it's eighty million. Yesterday it was sixty, the day before that it was fifty. So What are are saying at the moment, or what are Spanish media saying at the moment?
1: Well, I think the main story coming out of Spain is that Real Madrid are in a strong position because they don't have to sell. They know the player wants to go, but they want to get as much money as possible for him. And they set that initial asking price of £78 million. And I don't think anybody expects Manchester United to reach that, or even whether they even intend to. I think that's very unlikely. But I think... A fee would probably be reasonable and agreed by both sides at around 64 to 65 million right.
2: pounds. I mean, it, it, it does seem ridiculous, but when you put it into the context of, of the current transfer market, I mean, today, according to us on Thursday, we've seen Harry Maguire go for 17 million, Jordan Pickford for 30, 12 million more than De Gea when he joined United. It's this, the, the, the English TV deal has radically changed the market. So 64 million is, is Murata worth that much?
1: Again, as you said, about the current market, it's very difficult to say what represents a fair value of a player. I think what you've got to look at is Manchester United need a centre-forward. They've lost Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Griezmann obviously isn't coming this summer. Wayne Rooney's expected to leave. So they desperately need someone who can come in and score goals. And because of that, they're going to pay a premium. So I think whilst the fee in terms of basic number seems quite high, I think in the current market is what they're going to have to pay. And if he does score goals, I don't think many people will be looking back on it as it being too ridiculous. A I guess, I,
2: yeah, I guess that's the point that for for Man United, Morata's probably worth a lot more than for almost any other club in the world. And I think that was also the case with, with Paul Pobba last year when sort of rail Real Madrid pulled out at about sixty million in United. For for United, Pobble was worth more. In terms of Morata as a player, what what do you think of him? Because I mean, just looking statistically, everyone a lot of people have questioned his, his goal output. I think it was nineteen goals in, in forty three games last season, but then he didn't play much, and if you're playing in Real Madrid as in the backup team, it's it's harder to get that flow. So what what do you make of him as a player?
1: I think he's not Zlatan Ibrahimovic. I think is what people need to understand. He isn't. He, he's go, He's going to score goals, but he's not going to be the guy who gets thirty league goals in a season. He's going to be someone who not necessarily links play, but he helps the others him improve and that contribute whilst contributing himself fifteen. To- 20 league goals. I mean, he got 15 goals in La Liga this season, whilst, as you say, not playing so much. He's somebody who improves the fluidity of the team, but isn't necessarily the guy to so, lead so So he,
2: he will improve United as an overall sort of uh, unit, but won't get the same 28-goal season as Latam.
1: I think that's absolutely true, yeah. And I think that's something Jose Mourinho has been looking to move towards, because there's been so many occasions in the last season where Manchester United have been able to create half chances or have a lot of possession, even in good areas, and not manage to create clear cut chances, and I think that's something Morata has been identified to help. And
2: with. Yeah, I mean, mentioning Zlatan Ibrahimovic with Ibrahimovic, United often looked quite static. You, I mean, we saw Paul Pogba for France the other day um, was playing those balls behind the defensive line for Mbappe and was Dembele to run onto, and you can't really do that with Ibrahimovic. Can you? Can you do that with Morata a bit more? Morata's deceptively quick.
1: He's, he runs in behind well, and he times his runs well, and that's something that could be key with the Paul Pogba connection, as you've mentioned. He gets into the box at key times. Often, United have been able to work a move, and there's not been necessarily somebody either at the back post or somebody in a position to finish the move off. And Morata is that guy. He's a poacher in the box, and I think that's one of his greatest
2: strengths. Do you, do you think the signing of Morata or the potential signing of Morata will see a, a change in a slight change in style for United? I think there's.
1: A couple of moves Manchester United have to make to facilitate that change of style, and Maratta's definitely one of them. As I said, he's not going to lead the line, but he, he brings others into play and he can contribute goals himself. I still think there will be other positions, particularly alongside Pogba, where Jose Mourinho has to improve the team in order to have a more balanced team And, next and year. talking
2: about Mourinho, uh, Maratta's relationship with Mourinho, is that, a, is that a big factor?
1: Well, he gave him his first chance with Real Madrid. And they're known to have a good relationship. The extent of that relationship isn't really known other than between the two themselves. But he's, I think one of the deciding factors in making him push for this move has been Jose Mourinho. He's, I'm led to believe that he's told matter would to be important at Manchester United, far more important than he's been to Zinedine Zidane at Real Madrid. And I think that's a key factor because in his last year at Juventus, he was... He'd gone from being the main man up from to not being used as much because Juventus were concerned about Real Madrid taking him back if he performed as well as he'd done the previous year. And then at Madrid this year, he was never the first choice striker and he had to do most of his uh, contributions from the bench. But I think Jose Mourinho promising him that he'll be vital for the team is something that he's been looking for for a couple of years right, with, now.
2: With all of that in mind, can you, can you be the, the Antoine Griezmann and try and give this a, a likeliness out of 10?
1: It's always a dangerous game, but I think we've yeah. we've moved to a point now where Manchester United haven't been able to get their first choice target in Griezmann. As you say, they have worked on that deal for the best part of twelve months, and because of the uh, transfer ban that Atletico Madrid have, that couldn't get over the line this summer. So it's a dangerous game to to play. But I think, given how close we are, and to the fact that Morata's, uh representatives were at the burnabout yesterday trying to get a deal over the line, I think this is probably a seven to eight out of ten barring a, a strange circumstance coming up, I think he'd probably be at Manchester United. By and and
2: AC Milan, uh, the other team interested, is, is definitely a no-go now.
1: Yeah, I think he made that quite clear after the Champions League final that he wasn't willing to go back to Italy. AC Milan themselves have moved on to other attacking targets, and I think that's pretty much dead in the water. Now, I think the only team he'll leave Real Madrid for this summer will be Manchester United. Right.
2: Excellent. And we can find you on Twitter at ChrisWin4, is that right? That's absolutely correct. Well, uh, yeah. Chris, thank you very much for joining us. Um, enjoy enjoy your evening. You too. Thank you. We've been into 36 players so far this window. Um, we won't go through them all, but we've heard from Chris Winterburn on Morata um, and we've signed Victor Lindelof. Let's continue the conversation on, on Morata. I mentioned it in, that, in that conversation with Chris that he's been criticised for, for a lack of goals, but in the league where he got most of his minutes, more goals than any Real Madrid player except Cristiano Ronaldo, which as well was more than Barcelona's Neymar, more than the Juventus's Paulo uh more than Karim Benzema at Real Madrid. Um, and, and why is Mourinho signing him? I, I think it's because as a player, he's he's very different to to Zlatan Ibrahimovic, and this is something which I like. Um, you, if you've if you've been listening to the podcast all season, myself and Jack Tate, uh, co-host who's not with me today, we, we've often mentioned that thing about Ibrahimovic that he sort of while pulling United forward. With, the, with his 28 goals during the season he's pulled united back because we haven't been able to truly develop into a into a, a more fluid style of football uh, a more attacking style of football a better style of football more more pleasing on the eye. and probably if we if we can get it to click if we can smash it then probably more successful as well and i think Murata is is another chance to, to show that and why is Mourinho signing him? Because he can score from crosses. Um, He scored 15 La Liga goals last season. 40% of those came from crosses from the wide areas. A lot of them were headed goals. And United last season put more crosses into the box than anyone else in the Premier League except Southampton. And the fact that we're signing Morata to heading goals to score from crosses in in and around the six-yard box like, like Ruud van Nistelrooy used to do, I'm hoping that that can be a positive for Luke Shaw, who may be more needed. If Rashford and Martial is going to play in in that left, sort of inside-forward position where they cut inside, then hopefully that will mean that Shaw might get a few more games because we're going to need his crosses. From the other side, obviously, it's going to be Antonio Valencia. But I hope that because Shaw's got a much better cross on him than, than Matteo Damian. Um, and hopefully that will mean more minutes for Shaw. Morata, his movement's good, his pace is good. And as Chris said... He, he's deceptively quick. Um, he's very good off, off the shoulder, of the defender. manages to, to break that. If there is an offside track, managed to break that. Go back to the headers thing. Only Fernando Llorente scored more headers in, in Europe's top five leagues. And Maratta only started 14 games in La Liga. Um, I think it was 12 or 13 off the bench for Real Madrid in, in the league. United mainly be playing 4-3-2-1 under Marino in his first season. I think this could be the moment that we change to a 4-3-3 because of Maratta. Um, with Rashford on the left, maybe Marshall on the left, and, and pro- almost undoubtedly Mkhitaryan on the right with, with Mata as his understudy. And and the final thing, the 4 3 will help a number of players. I think it will help Paul Pogba. Pogba had a, had, had a good on-pitch relationship with Morata while they were both at Juventus, and I've already said that Lindelof could give Pogba more freedom. And I've also mentioned that Pogba could benefit from Morata. And if Mourinho is building his team around his best player, that's a, that's a good move. So now... Not only is Pogba helped by a more mobile striker in the Morata, I, I mentioned to Chris that when England played France, lots of, lots of fans of other clubs watching Pogba for, for 90 minutes for the first time and realising he's actually quite good, um, having not watched United all season but criticised him because he, he's got a, he gets lots of haircuts and dabs. But when he was playing for France, we saw with Usman Dembele, with, with Mbappe, we saw two strikers, one of them playing on the wing, got behind the defence that was on the shoulder of the defenders and then broke away. And Pogba played so many brilliant balls behind that defensive line for Mbappe to chase, for Dembele to chase. And Morata, who's much more mobile than Zlatan Ibrahimovic, does that much more than Ibrahimovic, doesn't just stand in the box, chest it down, and then either lay it off a teammate or or try and shoot. Morata should really help Pogba, give him the chance to to make those passes. And Mkhitaryan could also be helped, because his best time at Borussia Dortmund with with a pacey striker, with uh, pierre Mariko Aubameyang. I think Morata will really... Chris mentioned it, that he won't score as many goals as Zlatan almost undoubtedly. He won't score 28 goals next season if he does join Man United. But he'll help other players, and he'll help Paul Pogba, he'll help Henrikh Mkhitaryan, he could help the fullbacks, Valencia, Shaw, Damian maybe, and he'll help the midfield. And he should help United become a much more attractive side to watch. Um, if we're changing to a four-three-three, if we're becoming a bit more attacking so two signings one is being made one is expected to be made in, in the definitely be made this transfer window Chris gave it a 7 or 8 out of 10 um, likeliness to happen and both of them should help the team as an overall unit rather than simply themselves as individual quality because last year we kind of saw more of an individual quality kind of thing Henrik Mkhitaryan Paul Burns, Zlatan Mirovic all individual players and now we're sort of bringing it more of a team together Mourinho's team is really shaping up nicely that's all we have time for on series 2 episode 43 of the Manchester United weekly podcast the transfer special mainly on Victor Lindelof our first signing of the summer who will make his debut on the pre-season tour of the USA but also on Alvaro Morata expected to be the second signing of the summer from Real Madrid thanks to our guests Chris Winterburn and Jan Hagen and thanks to you for listening keep subscribing listening and if you could leave a review we'd really appreciate that enjoy the sun and have a great week goodbye